Hello there. My name's Guy. And I'm Matt. And this is How to Listen To. Hello and welcome back to How to Listen To, everyone's favourite music podcast. My name is Guy. And I'm Matt. my friend Matt. How are you, Matt? <laughs> Why? Yeah. I know my name. Yeah, that's well done. Well <laughs> done, you. Um, how's how's things? Things are, are good. It's a bit nippy outside. It is a bit nippy. A bit nippy. It? Yeah. Ice on the roads. Ice on the roads. Ice on the roads. No vanilla ice this week, but we are talking about a band who's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Who maybe we, maybe we, too cool for school. Perhaps at times. Let's let's mm. see. Who are we talking about today? Bleh. <laughs> That's right. We're talking about that. Um, That's how you pronounce it. Right? The English. British band from uh, Britain. From Britain, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent point, well made. Um, we are talking about Blur. They are Damon Albarn, Graham Coxon, Alex James, and Dave Roundtree. Um, Dave Roundtree, I don't think I've ever seen say anything in any interview, um, but but he makes good sweets. Fruit pastels are excellent. Mm-hmm. Compliments yeah. to Dave on that one. Yeah. Matt, are there a Blur band you listen to a lot growing up? Not, not really. I. Only listened to what came out in the charts in yeah. like the nineties, and I bought the greatest hits. Well, we'll come on to that later, actually, because I think um, Blur actually are probably best remembered as a really good singles band, and the greatest hits is a really good collection of songs, it is. isn't it? Although the band, as we'll find later, weren't that keen on it. Um, but Damon Albarn is the lead singer and main songwriter of Blur, and uh, he and Graham Coxon, the lead guitarist, were childhood friends. Oh, I know it's nice, isn't it? They met. Um, a chap called Alex James at Goldsmiths College in 1988. Um, they uh, soon formed the band Seymour when they met a guy called Dave Roundtree, who played drums. And uh, yeah, in, in December 1988, Seymour were born. In 1989, Matt, when we were about seven or eight years old, an A&R man called Andy Ross of Food Records spotted Seymour and uh, wanted to sign them. But he uh, he didn't like their name very much. He didn't. He didn't. And this actually is the first first thing I, I hadn't realised about Blur. There's slightly sort of um, there's a few slightly cynical decisions made in their career. A little bit less organic than I thought they were. Yeah. Is that something you've come across? Yeah. They they're not like the organic tomatoes that you'd buy in a supermarket. No. They're the other people, tomatoes. Other people. You know, often people say blur they're like organic tomatoes but they'd be wrong because um the exactly. label basically said to him you can't be called seymour you but can't we'll, but we'll, we'll sign you if you change your name and they gave them a list of names and blur was on it so they chose that and that's that's really? not what a band does that is such a rubbish reason that's rubbish isn't it they do should have come up with something better do you know why they're called seymour after a very famous novelist really yes and who was that very famous novelist um, Salinger, is that how you pronounce it? J.D. Salinger? Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, um, that's that's an insight. Because they like bookworms. They're like bookworms. Or they, or, or they pretend they are. Yeah, bingo. But Blur, as we say, was chosen in March 1990. And after some early touring, they released their first single in, 19, in October 1990, which was She's So High. Mm. That's quite a good song, isn't it? It is a good song, yeah. What do you make of the uh, video? Have you seen that? I don't think I have, no. There's some cracking hairdos in that video. It only reached number 48 in the in the singles charts. Oh, that's Dis- quite good, wasn't it? Well, it's not bad, but the, the trouble you was... You said only. That, that was, that was their first good. single. You're disappointed already. I was, I was disappointed. That was their first single. And then they had what they described as a creative drought after one song. <laughs> I think they had quite a few creative droughts. They we'll did. get on to that, shall we? Yeah. Um, but they met Stephen Street. Yes, Su- on the street, maybe? Yeah, Stephen, Stephen <laughs> on the street, who was a producer at the time. and um, He was quite street. Yeah, he was. And they released, uh, as a result of those sessions with Stephen Street, they came up with There's No Other Way. Now, that is a good song. And in the video, they're eating a roast dinner. Are they? Yeah, have you oh. seen that one? I don't think I've seen the video of that either. Damon's got a tremendous bowl cut in there. I, I do remember him. No, I must have seen it because I've seen a bowl cut. There's no other yeah, way. I want to the song. Yeah, 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 that's beautiful. Do you know what other artists Stephen Street has worked with? The Smiths? Hmm. Yes. Was that the answer? Well, it's one of them. And the Kaiser Chiefs, if you like those. Oh, really? And also Baby Shambles with Pete Doherty. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. He, he's got a quite, a quite a CV then. There's No Other Way got to number eight, which is tremendous. They then released Bang! 
which got Man. to number 24. Which took them 15 minutes to write. Is that right? Apparently so, yeah. That's not bad going, is it? Where did, it, where did the chart? 24? got to number 24, and they released the album Leisure in 1991 to some pretty mixed reviews. They were quite... Dis- they were, it's an anticlimax, wasn't it, from what I could tell? That's the impression you get, is that people thought, wow, this could be the, the cool new band. And then the album came out, and they thought it was a bit shit. And Albarn in later said that the album was crap. Not while they were promoting it, obviously. Yeah. Um, and it got to number seven in the album chart, so that's not bad, is it? No, not For bad. For a first record. Not bad, not bad at it's all. It's not bad. Now, fast... Well done, guys. Well, well done. done. Fast forward to 1992, and Blur found that they were in quite a lot of debt. 60 grand or something? 60 grand's worth yeah. of debt. How does a band accrue that sort of debt? Well, I think if you go into a record deal with a food manufacturer. <laughs> craft yeah, slices. Yeah. They, 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 well, I don't know. But I didn't read the small print. I think Turns out we're paid entirely in dairy league. They probably got a little bit screwed, I would have thought. Yeah, it does sound that way because they'd had a, a relatively big hit for a first record and they found themselves with £60,000 worth of debt, which in 1992, that's the equivalent to about £300 million now. It is, yeah. yeah. So they went on tour in the US to try and basically earn some money. At the same time, they released uh, the single Pop Scene, which got to number 32. And while it didn't get much success, obviously 32 is a bit shit, isn't it? Uh, it was a bit better than 54? 45, 48. 40, 40, I'm, I'm just making digits up now, yeah. sorry. <laughs> now, <Pop Scene laughs> but it is though, isn't it? It's it better is, than 54, It's right? several better. Thanks. Um, it wasn't a commercial success, but it was the first thing they did that really got the critics on side. And the critics were going to play quite a big role in their sort of uh, success later on. Now, again, another little sort of insight into the personalities of the band. Apparently, during the US tour, the band was seriously fed up. And uh, the main reason of their fed upness was that Suede were doing really, really well in the UK. Mm. And um, they were very jealous of that. You, now, was Suede a band you listened to? Not, not really. My wife listened to them a lot. Really? Yeah. They're, they were really, kind of, really. They were big, weren't they? At one point, they were sort of yeah, always going to be the next band to go absolutely massive, and they never quite did. No, um, I I probably know their their hit singles, and yeah. that's probably about it. Um, I could recognise the bloke sing, uh, Brett Anderson. Yep, yeah, he's got a distinctive voice. He has. Um, he was a sort of androgynous character, wasn't he? But they're completely different. As bands, they're, yeah, yeah, they're, they're totally different, aren't they? But they, but Damon especially got his knickers in a twist about it, didn't he? He did, he, he certainly did. And um, yeah, as I say, he, his jealousy was such that uh, it, it caused a lot of tension within the band who felt that they were being kind of overlooked. Um, now, there were rumours at this time in 1992 that food records were about to drop the band. But fortunately for Blur, and fortunately for us as well, they, uh, they said, all right, you've got one more album. One more. This is Just only their second one album. One more chance, boys. And in December 1992, the band released Modern Life is Rubbish. But again, another sort of slightly manufactured element to this in that the label said, no, nah, there's not enough singles on that. Yeah. So uh, go and record some singles. But with the with that pressure, they went and recorded for Tomorrow, which is a great song. Yeah. And I thought that perhaps they need that pressure to be able to do stuff. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess we sort of like to romanticise the idea that bands have these grand visions for records and they go away and they come back with some polished masterpiece that they say... You know, I have too much integrity. I won't. I won't change this. Mm. But it does seem like with their name and like with with this, you know, they're kind of they, willing to to bend to the label's requirements. I'm pretty. Sh- the the way I got it was that they, and particularly Damon, would do anything and change their musical direction or whatever. And I, I don't see it as fitting in with what's happening at the moment. It's to be popular. Yeah. And it's more um, driven to be popular rather than driven to do what they want to do. Yeah, I think you're probably I think you're probably right on that. And I don't think Damon's the only one um, that's got that sort of approach. Oh, sorry, Damon, for singling me out there. Yeah, sorry, Damon, we're very apologetic for that. But uh, yeah, ultimately, as I say, they do release Modern Life is Rubbish with these extra singles on. And it does get to number 15 on the album charts, so not bad. Not bad. Get some decent <laughs> reviews. Not bad, boys. And they've kind of established themselves there as a as a semi-popular sort of indie band, a popular band in the sort of alternative circles. Mm. But Blur's big break, Matt, is yeah. just around the corner. Just around the river bend. And there to quote well. Punk- Pocahontas, I was going to say Punkahontas then. Punkahontas. <laughs> that was our side project. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we'll find out more about their big breakthrough 
after this. This is how to listen to, to listen to, to listen to. This is how to listen to. No, you do it wrong. So we're talking about Blur today. Matty, 1994. Mm. That was was the time it all went right for Blur. Yeah. Picture 1994, what what were you doing? Well, I was just trying to think of that famous football uh, competition that I got completely wrong. World Cup 94. Oh, Atlanta. That's right. That's yes. Where Diana Ross missed that penalty in the oh, opening yeah, ceremony. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm back there. Um, I remember it being quite hot at least one day in the summer. Were you at the World Cup or were you at home and you just turned the heating up to make it more authentic? Um, the latter. Yes. <laughs> I wasn't over in Atlanta, although I have been to Atlanta Airport. Have you really? In Georgia? Yeah, and they, they do speak funny there. How do they speak? I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> I tried, listener. I tried. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But it was a Domino's pizza in the in the um, the airport there. Oh, well, I'll look to. for that if I'm yeah. ever there. Um, it's quite easy to find. <laughs> it's in the airport. Um, 1994, away from the, the soccer tournament, um, Blur enjoyed a major commercial breakthrough with the album Park Life. Park Life. Did you buy this album? No. Did you not? No. Oh, man. Oh, mate. I had this album. I thought it was the bee's knees, I'll did tell you, you that. Yeah, absolutely. What was your favourite song on it? Um, well, I think there's some amazing songs on this album. And I'll say that quite honestly. I think End of a Century is good. Yep, yep. I think To the End is a really yep. great song. I was listening this, to it just This a is a low, I think is a very yep. good song. Um, but what it does do is it introduces a part of Blur that is very popular, but not to my tasting, which is the sort of gimmicky song. I think songs like Park Life, bit of a gimmick. Hmm. Um, Very Phil gimmicky. Daniels, yeah. Girls and Boys is a kind of a disco pop song, isn't it? Um, Do you hear that quote? And I'm, I'm just trying to verify it in my verifying machine. Um, hang on, let me turn that on. Yeah. Okay. There's an interview with Tom York, and he's, he calls Blur bastards for writing that song because he wanted to write it. And I'm thinking, mm, Tom York writing that. I can't but, see it. No. Yeah, song like it is, yeah. girls. But, yeah. Girls, nobody likes me. And boys, they hate me too. That would have been how he'd done it. <laughs> um, that was very good. Thanks very much. Thanks, Tom. You yeah. can go now. Uh, the lead single was uh, Girls and Boys, which hit number five in the charts. And I really clearly remember that coming out. I remember the video. Yeah. And it was kind of deliberately naff, wasn't it? And they were quite yeah. cool, trendy guys, yeah. weren't they? What a baseline. Yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, that was the baseline. Yeah. Should we have a little bit of a listen to that? Yeah, why not? Girls and Boys by Blur. Does that bring back memories? Yeah, it does. It's quite it's quite a provocative um quite provocative words as well, aren't they? And it's a bushwhacker, you know, we talked about the bushwhacker. You can do the bushwhacker dance to that. The album obviously was, as I say, Park Life. Hit number one on the album charts and spawned the single Park Life. As I said, end of a century, to the end, and this is a low all came off that. And it made the band really successful, but it also gave them a lot of critical acclaim, which was something I think they craved. Can I just ask you one question? What do you think of the song Bank Holiday? Um, I think it's a very English song. Oh, Bank Holiday <laughs> comes six times a year. Days for enjoyment where everybody cheers. Oh, oh, now let's have a six pack of beer. Oh, what? And it's back to work. Hey, G. How old, were they? How old were they when they were? Yeah, in? there are, on I think, all Blur albums, a couple of songs which are kind of a bit cringeworthy. They, I yeah. admire them for trying to do something really different. But sometimes it really doesn't work, and I think that I find that slightly with that song Jubilee as well. 
on this record. Because that's what they tried to do when they came back from America, wasn't it? Yeah. They, they were talking about how they had lost, they, they didn't want to be in that sort of American sort of grunge scene. And I think they were trying to blame Nirvana for that, although they said they were good. Yeah. Um, but they wanted to be British. They were, um, well, people have said they were Southern England personified. That was what Noel Gallagher said, in fact. And this record. That's an insult, right? Yeah, this record <laughs> did make them big kind of pop stars and very English pop stars at that. This was a defining record. It sold five million copies. And I do think it's a really, really good album. And I've really enjoyed listening to it again because it brings back a lot of memories. So I listened to this heavily when I was about, well, I'd have been about 12, 13. This was on the older Wheeler tape deck at home. Was it? Oh, mate. Heavy, heavy rotation this was. But it obviously, it didn't play much of a part in your, no, your Berkeley no. musical taste. What was your opinion of Blur at the time? Blech. Really? Yeah, I wasn't a fan. We, is that because did you fall into this sort of I'm an oasis man as opposed I think to a blur so, man? Yeah, and I no, I I put my hands up and I did, um, and I think that Blur have a number of incredible songs they've written, um, and some of them are ones you've mentioned on Park Life, but as you say, they let themselves down. They really do, and I can't listen to Park Life all the way through because they have a couple of songs and I can only remember Bank Holiday at the moment because I've just listened yep. to it just to irritate me before I come on. <laughs> it also, yeah, I here. can see that. It, it also introduces, <laughs> as I said, this sort of, um, Damon Albarn likes to write songs about kind of fictional characters and this song has Tracy Jacks on it, which is a song I really like. I uh-huh. think it's a really strong song. Um, but strong other records song. of theirs have, you know, things like This Charmless Man or um, Look Inside America, things like that. But there are some, you know, you look through the track listing, London Loves is decent, Clover Over Dover is decent, Magic America. Yeah, I think it's, Magic, I, Magic I think it's a good record. Right. Yeah. I think it's a good record. And it certainly had a big impact, didn't it? It was, it, yeah, it, it yes, was yeah. the sort of defining Britpop record. And it's got a wicked funk cover. I just love it. It's great, isn't it? Yeah. It's, um, it's two kind of... Uh, dogs. Dogs, yeah. yeah. Uh, what ooh, are they called? Racing... Who let the dogs out? What are they called? Greyhounds. Greyhounds. Or, yeah. or, or are they whippets? Yes. They're greyhounds. They're greyhounds. Um, it's a really good, really good cof- really good cover. Very iconic. Yeah. In it's fact, iconic. Perhaps not good. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> the uh, cover was chosen by the Royal Mail for their classic album covers stamps mm. in 2010, which is pretty cool. Well done, the Queen. Well done, the Queen. She said, I love blah. Blah. That's how she speaks. Interestingly, about this album, as we said earlier, food records weren't mad keen on what Blur were doing. And when Blur handed in Park Life, the head of food records said, uh, this is a mistake yeah. about releasing it. He thought it was shit. And uh, really, I think had lost patience with them. But as I say, it sold five million copies. Yeah, a big, a big record. Now, we've touched on this already slightly, but it was also the kind of the uh, standard bearer for Britpop. And uh, it started this great uh, battle, really, I suppose, chart battle that we'll come on to in a bit more detail later with Oasis. Oasis, Oasis. Oasis. When Blur talked about their influences, though, did you did you read about what Damon Albarn said was sort of behind this record? No, I haven't read. Yeah, he said um, he really liked the author Martin Amis, London Fields, which is a good, good novel. I yeah. recommend it. And... Uh, it has got, as I said earlier, it's got that real Englishness about it, this record, whether it's songs about bank holidays or uh, park life. There's all about sort of English culture, isn't there, and mm. uh, middle class and working class culture. And it is a great collection of songs. Slightly cheeky, a bit cartoonish in places. Cartoonish? Yeah. A bit like gorillas, yeah? Yeah. And uh, you just you took the words out of my mouth because I did say that Blur are good at gimmicks. And I think that is Damon Albarn because... Gorillas, obviously, that you'd later form are the ultimate gimmick, aren't they? Yeah. The ultimate gimmick band. And songs such as Park Life on this album, Arnold Same on the next album, Country House, things like that, are quite prevalent. But he mixes them up with what I would say are genuinely good emotional pop songs like Tender or Out of Time or Best Days, things like that. So he's got the ability to write really good songs, yeah. hasn't he? No, he but does. He can't resist writing shit as well. I know. And I don't know what's wrong with him. No. He just needs to be a bit more patient, I think. Do you think that's what it is? Yeah, I think. Well, they follow up very quickly, Park Life, with the album The Great Escape, which I've got to say it wasn't one I particularly liked when it came out. It's my wife's favourite. Favourite album by Blur? Mm. Really? Yeah. What are your thoughts, having listened to it? Um, again, it's got some songs that let it, let, let it down. There it's are very some, similar to Park Life. I yeah, think. there's some great songs on it. Was it Un- the Universals on it? Yep. Um, I like, um, oh, what's it called? 
best days. I think that's one of their I, best songs. And I think it's completely underrated as well. Yeah, and I'm a really sure, great song. And I don't know why it's um it's lost. Should I, we uh should we listen to a bit I of that? I think now? we should. This is best days off of the Great Escape. So you were saying, Matt, that that song uh, is underrated by Blur. It's kind of hidden on one of their album, on yep. their albums, and, and not talked about now. But yeah. it's something that, having listened to it the last couple of weeks, really stood out to me. Yeah, I didn't know about it um, until yeah listening to it this week. Um, it's not on there. The the best of that I bought were in like ninety eight or something. Mm. So yeah, nineteen ninety five, The Great Escape. As I say, it's like an extension of Park Life, really, isn't it? But more characters, more stories. It's a mixture of really good pop songs, gimmicky stuff, a little bit of movement into sort of trying to be a bit more arty and serious at times. But I think it's all sort of undercut by the fact that the first single off the album was Country House, which is just shit, isn't it? It's It won the, the battle against Roll with it, didn't it? It did. Um, the Battle of Britpop, was it called? Battle In- of Britain, wasn't it? Yeah, the Battle of Britain. Yeah, that's right. Um, the but back yeah, in history guy. For people that the don't Battle recall, this was this was a big cultural event. In that it was Blur, massive. It was massive, yeah, though, wasn't it? Blur and Oasis released their first singles off their new records on the same day, and as you say, it was "Roll with It" by Oasis and Blur released "Country House," which the video I remember had them in a sort of human-sized mousetrap game, didn't it? Mm. Yeah, and uh, Blur won two hundred seventy-four thousand copies they sold. In the first week to Oasis, 216,000 copies. It's quite, what was that, 20,000 20, in between? Yeah, 50,000-ish. And um, Give or take, yeah. Give or take, <laughs> yeah. Now, Country House was seen as less serious, less sort of tough guy posturing. It was about the um, owner of Food Records. Yes, it was, wasn't yeah, it? Because he, he moved to the country. Yeah. That it's, hence the name. It's a good pop song. Yeah, I hated it at the time. I, I hated really hated it. it. I was so embarrassed by it. But I was like, I was annoyed. I remember speaking to our mutual friend, Chuffy Chuffnuts. Yeah. Um, because we were both Oasis fans. Um, and we were both annoyed at the time because we didn't like Roll With It. And I thought, why, why bring out Roll With It? Yeah, why use that single? Against this silly, silly song. And I think it did have a feeling of Blur sort of taking the piss slightly, saying, yeah. you can be your laddie geezer sort of blokes and we'll s- sing this silly song and have a stupid video and we'll still get to number one. Um, they were sort of the antithesis to the lad culture, weren't they, Blur, um, at the time. But, you know, the Great Escape record got amazing reviews. It's Yeah, they loved it, didn't they? Half a million copies in the first month of release. But uh, that wasn't it as far as the Britpop battle was concerned, was it? No, it wasn't. Because... Uh, one quote I saw was that Blur won the battle, but Oasis won the war because Blur's uh, quick selling on The Great Escape and on Country House soon paled in the fact that Oasis sort of conquered America in the way that Blur yeah, never did. Yeah, they loved, uh, loved that album, didn't they? Um, was yeah, it, what's the story? Four million copies in the States. Um, what was that? Um, what's the story, Morning well, yeah. Glory? And Blur kind of started to be seen slightly as a bit inauthentic and sort of uh, pretending to be geese at Cockneys. But then overnight, Everybody hated Damon Albarn, didn't they? Every, like, I don't know. Where did it come from? I don't know. I think maybe because of the popularity. There's a tendency, I think, over here, when a band does well in America, suddenly they become really loved over here. People go, oh, wow, they must be great if America likes them. And because the Gallaghers were so keen to slag off Damon Albarn at every opportunity yeah. and say that he was a poser and that they were really working class. And there was an element of blur where they'd all met at art school, yep. at art college, but they all talk like this, don't they? And yeah, how's it going? And, you know, they all talk like Mockneys. And I think perhaps people did just get a bit pissed off with Blur yeah. and think that they were a bit 
naff and that Oasis were the real kind of people's band. And Alex James says a f- funny thing that they asked him, why did you join Blur? And it was because David Ormbarn used to be a, the tea maker at the local studios so that he had the key for it basically. Yeah. And, he, and he basically said the first time I met Damon, I thought he was a wanker. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he kind of does come across as a bloke that you think, oh, he's obviously got a ton of talent, but like, Oh, I think he'd wear a bit thin hanging around with him. Not to say I'd, the last thing I'd want to do is hang around with anyone who's an Oasis either, but Albarn does have that slightly, I know when someone younger, who has. slightly irritating quality. Um, in Horsham, mm. um, my friend's um, dad, was, he, he knew nothing about music, it's brilliant, was sitting in a, in a pub uh, in, in Horsham, and um, he, he normally goes to the pub, so it's a, it's a normal... Uh, a normal evening for him and when he came back he said oh I met these two really nice chaps <laughs> one's called Ian uh, uh, Noel and one's called uh, Liam you're joking and he, and he remembered everything about the band that were in yeah. Oasis and things like that and he'd met them yeah in wow. the pub in, in Horsham in Horsham yeah wow I don't know I don't know it was in the 90s sometime yeah well I guess they were just a jobbing band at the time and just yeah. doing their rounds now the interesting thing The Great Escape really was uh, it was a success you know, commercially, but it's seen, I think, ultimately as a failure because of Oasis's huge rise in the States. And that's a shame, isn't it? Because mm. I don't like um, comparing. When you I can't was, define one band by another. Really. My my RE teacher at school had had the, the most amazing um, sort of hair? ethos. Oh, oh, she had ethos. amazing hair as yeah. well. Did you know her? No. Mrs. Lyons. Oh, oh I know her. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was a lion. Oh. Um, <laughs> that was her hair. Um, she uh, basically just told us never to compare ourselves because he shouldn't. And never. Every, all the other teachers used to put positions, you know, in the exams. Yeah. You, know, you came fifth or yeah. you came last, equal or something like that in the exams. But she said, oh, no, I don't do that. She said, I don't believe in that. So what we used Even to do. Even though it's literally my job. Is, is figure it out ourselves. But, Excellent. Um, but no, it was, it was good. So that, that was her ethos. Yeah. Well done, Mrs. Lyons. But yeah, it is, it is a shame to define Blur by... Oasis because The Great Escape was pretty broad record, you know, big scope to it. Parts of it are pretty good still, but some of it feels really dated, doesn't it? Mm. And um, like other records of theirs, really good pop songs, like you said, Bad Days, Universal, but some of it, it feels kind of a bit damn cheesy when you listen to it now. Yeah. But, you know, this is this is still relatively early days. We're still only in 1995, Matt. I know. Let's take a wee break and see where we end up. Hello there, my name's Dr. Dre, and this is the How to Listen to podcast with Matt and Guy. Word to your mother. Matt, we're back. How are you doing? How are you doing with Blur? How have you enjoyed listening to them this week? I've, I've really enjoyed listening to them um, because it, some of the songs bring back um, like things I was doing at the time. Going being as being at school and stuff like that, but sort of nice things. Yeah, I, I find that um, blurb. They're a kind of band we we very literally grew up. Yeah, with. yeah, yeah. So even if you went into them, they were sort of a soundtrack to a lot of things that were going on. And you can think, oh, in that year I was doing this, and that year mm. I was doing that, and it just reminds you how long yeah. they've been around. I was also discovering some of their songs for the, pretty much the first time, mm. um, which is good and bad. But it, I like music, so always open. It, in general, it's it's good. Yeah, always open for business. Yeah. I, now I don't know whether this is because of um, the kind of up and down success they've had, but by 1996, while Oasis were kind of conquering the music world, uh, relationships within Blur were apparently very very strained. And Graham Coxon, their guitarist, who I think is a bit of a prick, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll come on to why. He's gone on record. He's yeah. gone on record calling um, him a prick. Is uh, he's said to resent basically his bandmates? He thinks Damon's too high profile and gets too much press. He thinks Alex James is partying too much, even though apparently Cox at the time was a very heavy drinker and having alcohol yeah. problems. He used to drink like, a bottle of um, bottle of alcohol. He used to drink one bottle of it, alcohol. A alcohol, day. yeah. Now that's dangerous. One bottle of vodka when they were in America, like yeah. back in the ni- early nineties. That's quite a lot, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but apparently Alex James was the dickhead for partying. Now the reason I say this about Coxon is he seems someone who has always made a tremendous effort to look alternative and be alternative. And, and, and also be the, the quiet one. Yeah, it's like he, he saw Tom York looking a little bit strange and thought, oh, I could look like that. That makes yeah. me look interesting. Yeah. And I don't find him, well, like we said with Auburn, I don't always find him 
100% genuine or th- and authentic. Yeah. You can't warm to them, can you? No, they seem a little bit contrived. Yeah. Um, I don't think that with Alex James, I've got to be honest, or with um, Dave Roundtree. And more and more, I don't really see that with Damon Albarn because I think he has found his niche as just a very eclectic yeah. singer-songwriter. But with Coxon, he apparently was really, really keen on American alternative rock and especially the band Pavement, who are you know a great band, the legendary American alternative rock band. And um, basically said, I want us to sound like them. We should start trying to sound like Pavement and American rock bands and like Beck and... Sonic yeah, Youth make, and things like they that. They mentioned Beck in the song, don't they? Yeah. Um, and they came out with an album called Blur in 1997, which I've got to say, when this album came out, I thought was fantastic. I used to listen to this a lot. I would have, until I started listening to them again, I would have said this is their best record. But again, on listening to it more the last couple of weeks, it, it wasn't as good as I remembered it. I didn't, it didn't kind of... Disappointing. Yeah, it was I a don't bit. like it when that happens. It didn't grab me in the in the way it did. There's some, again, really good songs on it. Beetle Bum, I think, is an excellent it's single. It's excellent, yep. Excellent single. Excellent. It's got what is their, probably the most famous song on it, Song 2 as well, which... Yeah. Uh, it, overkill, isn't it, that one? Yeah. And for a song that's only just over two minutes long, mm. oh my God, does it get... That's yeah. probably why it got so much air time. It's very uh, simple, isn't it? It's yeah. frustrating, though, for a band that is capable of some really great songs that that kind of became there. Yeah, I think it was on a, was it on a FIFA um, football game. And, yeah, it was on loads of stuff, wasn't it? was it? in The yeah. Simpsons, it was in loads of stuff. On the, we know when you made it. If it's, we know when you made it on The Simpsons. Simpsons. And it, but this album, Blur, was Blur's biggest hit in the States. It reached number 61, mm. which shows you they didn't have a huge amount of success in that country. And as I say, I, I love this record, but not so much now. It was an attempt, really, I think, for Blur to mix their pop stuff with more alternative American rock. Did you listen to this record much? Um, I listened to it once all the way through, um, and the only songs I remember on it are the main singles. Yeah. I, everything else I, I couldn't couldn't tell you See, I think much about. There are some really good strong songs. I like the song You're So Great and On Your Own is good. Um Look Inside America, I think, is a good song, but it feels, again, a, a tiny bit contrived. Like, it's not really the record Albarn wants to make. Yeah. It's not really the record that any of them, perhaps except Coxon, wanted to make. Now, Coxon, at this point, I think, went off and did loads of solo albums of sort of fuzz rock stuff, which yeah. I don't think met with much success. I couldn't I couldn't tell you, to be honest. No, not really. Yeah, he was a little bit under the radar. Yeah, but it, it did okay, this record, and it... As I say, it, it did get good reviews. Um, it wasn't the commercial suicide that some people had predicted. But by 1999, when the album 13 came out, it's essentially a Graham Coxon record, isn't it? Yes. And I think it's, it's by some way the weakest weakest album. It's got a rubbish cover. It, it, yes, and Blur are known for their covers. And it is rubbish, isn't it? Yeah, it's got it's, uh, it's a self-portrait by Graham Coxon, apparently. Is it self? Yeah. Um, he's not black or orange. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, yeah. um, actually, orange? talking about covers, I should go back after the, the Yeah, <laughs> after the great success of the Blur cover for Park Life. Um, again, talking about the slightly cynical, uncaring nature, the album Blur just had a stock photo that someone at an agency found and used for the cover. And you think, I don't know. I, I think an art a, a band would make a real effort, especially guys that went at art school. You yeah. think they'd be really into this sort of thing, but. I don't know, slightly surprising. But 13 um, was produced by William Orbit, who said uh, that we basically let Coxon do whatever he wanted. It was much more um, gospel, wasn't it? Like Tender. It was tender, which is a strong song. You know, it's, a, yeah. it's an impressive song. It's quite a different song for Blur. Bought it, um, bought it for my birthday. Yeah. A single, yeah. Yeah. Mr. Ben Shorts with the shorts. I remember, I remember buying that single as well, and I think it stands up as a sort of nice song. It had Coffee and TV, which was a... a I love that song. A big song. It's, it's a good one. And that, that's the first song that Coxon sings, isn't it? Yeah. Like that main. Yeah, but a, a lot of the rest of the album, well, I've written on my notes that it just, it sounds a little bit like a parody album of American it alternative doesn't, rock, doesn't it? It's like a band, let's do an album of songs that, as if Pavement had recorded them. And um, Yeah, it doesn't really start. It doesn't know. really work for me. And having listened to some of it lately, songs like... Uh, 1992 Bugman Caramel they're a little bit cringeworthy listening to them now I don't think it stands well at all 
and um, was the last album for a long time that Coxon was involved in because by the time 2001's Think Tank came around, he'd, he'd gone. He, st- he started, didn't he? The, yeah, he started and, and well, he, he left apparently, you know, on good terms. Yeah. Um, but I think Think Tank's quite interesting because you start to see a bit more kind of African and Middle Eastern music coming yep. into it, which was something Albarn's very passionate about. And I think it's got one of their strongest singles on, which is Out of Time. Out of Time is brilliant, but it could well be the start is a Radiohead song. Yeah. Without yeah. a sh- shadow of a doubt. It's, I think it's a really beautiful song. This. Oh, let's, it's beautiful, yeah. Let's have a little listen to that now. Where's the love song set us free? That was out of time. That was from 2001. Is that right? 2001? 2003, wasn't it? 2003, yeah. yeah. I was going to say. God, but even so, you know, we're yeah. talking a yeah, long time ago, ago. And I think of that as a new Blur yeah. song. Because that was the first Blur album, um, like proper album, not best of, that I bought. Think oh, really? Tank, yeah. What do you think of it now? Is it? Uh, I've always wanted to like it or love it. There's some really good songs on it. But there is some... Just absolute shizzle, shit, yeah. shit, shit. Isn't that something we've repeated again and again? Yeah. Is what that is that? Several oh. of the, all of their albums really have got a few like genuinely outstanding songs on it, and the other ones aren't like shit as in their filler. They're just bonkers, crazy beats. Oh, oh that's so God. bad, isn't it? That is, I think we should play a little bit just to let's have a listen oh. to Donald Duck in Crazy Beat. <laughs> on Saturday night That was Crazy Beat by Blur off of um, the Think Tank album. Oh. And I think we've we've hit the nail on the head oh, there, just, man. It's just taking the piss. And also, we've got a file on you. Yeah. And I know that um, Coxon's left now, so... We can't blame him. <laughs> there's min- minimal guitar, and the guitar that w- was being played was um, by someone who's... Well, it's by Damon, who's mm. not as good as Coxon on the guitar, because Coxon is a genius. I yeah, think, he's a great guitarist. When he yeah. comes to the guitar. Um, but, yeah... But good song, it's good. Sweet yeah. song is sweet. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's got some shit names. It all feels a bit half arsed, doesn't it? The last song on the album, uh, "Battery in Your Legs," in in brackets or open brackets, includes me white noise, um, closed brackets, or my white noise or something. It's, it's got a secret track. Mm. Have you listened to that? Don't. Oh my <laughs> god! I, I don't. I don't think I've ever listened to it. How can and a band be so kind of schizophrenic like this? It's that is self-indulgent, sweary, noisy bullshit. Yeah, that's what it is. I think that was on the sticker on the front. Yeah. Oh my god, Anstey, self-indulgent, it, noisy, what, sweary bullshit. That's what gets me because out of time, as you say, is an incredible song. I love it. Yeah, it is a really great song. I, yeah. And now I think this oh. is 
annoys me. Is it fair to say that Albarn is the great songwriter here, and or is it just fair to say that he is as spasmodic as ever, as everyone else in the band? That they just they have a kind of a split personality between really intimate, beautiful pop songs and just great pop songs, and then this really gimmicky bullshit. I don't think they can um, write heavier songs for start. No, it's should, a bit embarrassing when I they think do, should isn't it? Step away from that. Yeah, crazy beat. I don't don't even know what that is. We're not listening to it. Again. <laughs> um, but fortunately, we got a break, didn't we? We got a break after Think Tank. And <laughs> fortunately, <laughs> fortunately, but um, I quite like the album. Really. Yeah, it's not a bad album actually. Um, I and they love it, but just can't. A long, long hiatus, and um, they eventually reappeared with some concerts in two thousand and eight, two thousand and twelve, um, and. A new album came out in 2015 called The Magic Whip. But before we get to that, Matt, something interesting. Um, Albarn obviously has done lots of other stuff. We mentioned The Gorillas. We mentioned, uh, or we didn't mention rather, but he did um, an album called Marley Music, which is music of kind of African origin. And he did, uh, was it like an opera? Was it Monkey the Opera he did? Oh, don't know about that. Yeah, um, at the O2. So, he, you know, very varied things he did what he also did was an album called the good the bad and the queen which was uh, a super group he was in and if you can seek that album out i think it's probably the best thing he's ever done it's absolutely fantastic um have you okay. listened to that at all no i haven't you're excited now aren't i you? am excited it's really really excellent I'd, I'd recommend anyone the band is called the good the bad and the queen and the album is called that as well the year that came out that must have been mid to late nine mid to late 2000s he um the year that came out, it won the Enemy Album of the Year, which doesn't mean a lot. No. But it is say. a good record. It is a there good record. Go. Now, 2015, 2015, out of nowhere, Blur, Avec Graham Coxon are back with the Magic Whip. What did you make of this record? Again. Again. <laughs> I, I want to like it. I, I, this, I hadn't listened. I'd only listened to, is it Lone, Lonesome Streets before when yep. it came out? Yeah. Um, and I really want to love it, but or like, tell you or what I think this album like is. It, but there's just so much rubbish in it as well. What this album is to me is like seeing that bloke you used to hang around with in the pub years ago, yeah. and then seeing him in the pub again. You think, oh mate, it's so good to see you, and you have a few drinks, and then you start to remember he's a bit of a prick, uh, and yeah. you think, oh yeah, this is why I stopped hanging around with you, isn't it? And that's what that album is to me because you get into it and you think. Yeah, this is really good to hang around with Damon and Graham and Alex and Dave again. But then they start to be like Damon, Alex and Graham and Dave again. Yeah. And you think sort of, oh, I might just get that best of out again. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and, and that's what, what that's what I feel. So are they just a really good British singles band like Madness or someone like that? Or are they a band where you'd sit and listen to their albums? They just copy, and I don't like saying it, I don't want to be harsh on them, but it's like they... they they see, they hear something that's really popular or they think is cool, and then they just try and recreate it. Like mm. um, in on the Magic Whip, there's a song called uh, "I've written down Goat Ship," but I'm pretty sure it's called Ghost Ship. <laughs> Goat Ship sounds far scarier. <laughs> yeah, I know, um, and it sounds like the Super Furry Animals just done badly. Yeah, um, and I love the Super Furry Animals, and any song that sounds like them but just bad it irritates the bejesus doesn't work for you um, my terracotta heart sounds like a poor man's radiohead versus the spice girls viva forever and that song <laughs> is bloody brilliant viva forever <laughs> i'll be waiting no one can call us musical snobs. everlasting like the sun is that what all the words are hey, i worked it out the other day oh, on the nice. guitar I, I bloody love it it's okay. great um don't tell my wife um and what's the the main song on it? Ong Ong, is that is that how you pronounce it? Carry on. O-N-G, O-N-G. Yeah, I quite like that. Yeah, sort of a sing along. And I was thinking today, um, what makes the decent Blur songs? And there is a um, if you've got Coxon on the guitar, it's quite you know a jerky riffy mm, yeah, sort of sound. Quite riff driven, aren't they? Yeah, so with um, do you think of Park Life? Say yeah. decent bass like. Probably quite simple bass, yeah. but um, still. Well, the, the bass on Out of Time is really, really great. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And with the acoustic guitar. Yeah. Uh, that Beautiful. just blends nicely. Um, but he, he also tries to be a bit Bowie. Oh. Or Zavid. Yeah. Uh, Zavid Bowie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, there's a song, was it? There, there are too many of us on The Magic Whip. 
and there's just about blur songs and yeah yeah, there's just little bits of it that are thinking just no so i think in 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 summary they're not a great british band but they're a great singles band um if that's not too contradictory i think you could stick in their best of and have a ruddy good time and think shit they did a lot of good songs yeah because they did but they just their albums it's like they I get the feeling they wrote four or five good singles for each album. And then they were like, should we just piss around with the rest yeah. of the album and do something stupid? Yeah. Um, like drinking too much vodka or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, and, and it goes against Mrs. Lyons and uh, comparing, but we have a podcast and we can compare. Um, it's not it's not an RE exam anymore. It's Mrs. not, Lyons. but that finished several minutes before we started. Exactly. And I got an A star. Um Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. You weren't um, going to yeah, compare. Yeah, and it's about um, if you do compare <laughs> um, any of their albums to, I don't know, Oasis, definitely, maybe. Yeah. That is an album. It hangs together, doesn't it? Hangs it hangs together. It makes sense. It sort of tells a little story. What would have um, been the other big bands we're talking about comparison wise? Like, I wasn't a big Oasis fan. I was. I was, I was same, same. Fairly into Blur, Super Fairy Animals, so, Super Fairy Radiohead, Manix at the time probably yeah, were pretty big, um, weren't they? But things, bands that were slightly um, smaller in terms of sort of fan base. You got the Long Pigs. They, you're passionate about Long I'm, Pigs. I'm passionate about them. Saw them live. Great cast. Cast. Yeah. Um, they even their albums, and I, I had a bit of a soft spot for them. I'd probably be quite embarrassed to listen to them now. Um, were they made sense yeah i think that's you you genuinely and some people might see this as a bonus you genuinely with blur when you when you go to, from one song to the next you don't know whether it's going to be an emotional acoustic song a song that goes oi 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 yeah. or a song that's sort of played on a fax machine <laughs> and for some people that works really well and i would cite beck in that in that beck is able oh. to do really different things in a really beck is a genius yeah, in a really effective way. I don't think Blur are very good at that. No. And what they're good at is pop songs. Um, and I feel that the frustrations between Coxon and Albarn just sort of churned out these sort of bastard songs. <laughs> these real bastard songs that nobody really wanted. Um, and uh, yeah, I think their albums, unfortunately, have got a few too many of those. But those bastard songs came, still started coming when uh, Coxon was having his... Uh... Yeah. Little, rest. little hiatus, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that is that is blur, and we welcome them to the How to Listen to Universe, Matt. We do, we do. Now, Matt, next week, and I do literally mean next week. You do. We've got a very exciting Christmas special coming. I up. know. We do. Uh, do you want to tell the listeners at home what we're going to be doing next week? We're going to be doing Christmas. We're going to be doing. We're going to be Christmas. doing it. You'll be able to listen to us and go Christmas. That's done. Yeah, that's done. That's dusted. Let's move on to New Year. So don't spend time in the shops or online. No, no just, presents. Just listen to our podcast. Give our podcast to people. Exactly. Say to people, I didn't spend £150 this year on a present for you. I just downloaded this onto your phone. Yes, and it doesn't weigh anything. No, exactly. We're very recyclable. And it costs loads of money. Yeah. Not really. Yeah. That can be our little secret. So yeah. yeah, do come back next week for a Christmas special where we'll be revealing some of our favourite Christmas tracks. Crimbo. And we'll also be looking back at 2016 uh, in musical terms, from gigs we've been to to albums we've enjoyed and yeah. just having a having a bit of fun. Having a bit of fun. Now, Matt, I have got a YouTube cracker for us have you? to play out on today. Um, so if you've nothing else to add... I don't think I've got anything else to add. I don't think I have either. So what we'll say is uh, do check out Blur. But be careful. Be careful. And uh, There's a warning. Yeah. Until next time, this is an excellent cover by Melmac of Girls and Boys. You can find Melmac on uh, YouTube at Melmac Mars, which is M-E-L-M-A-C-K-M-A-R-S. And uh, enjoy this. Enjoy Blur. And we shall see you soon for our very excellent festive episode. But until then, it's goodbye from me, Guy. And it's ta-ta from me, Matt. Goodbye. Ta-ta. Ta-ta. <laughs>